from their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. And indeed, it is the Boomer and the Babe Show. It is Wednesday, March 13th, 2013. It's 9 o'clock in the morning here in Arizona and 12 o'clock on the East Coast. And we hope everybody is uh, going out to enjoy a great lunch on the East Coast. And we're just finishing our second cup of coffee out here. Anyway, we're sitting here uh, in our studio office and talking to you from the Phoenix area where it's going to be a sunny and bright 85 degrees out today. But we don't want to tell too many people that because that means that they're all going to want to come here. And uh, But that's okay as long as they bring their money. We like that too. So nonetheless, we're going to be uh, having a great conversation about uh, boomers and boomer lifestyle and everything that's going on in the boomer community with our guest today. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody that the Boomer and the Babe show is brought to you by Boomer and the Babe Incorporated, and we do more than just this radio show. We also publish e-books and mini-books, and we have other guests on the show from time to time, and we also have other hosts on our Boomer and the Babe network that have their own shows. We invite you to listen to them. You can see everything that they are all about and everything that they do by going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe check out our website at boomerandthebabe.com that having been said I want to welcome our guest her name is Stacy Doyle she is uh, the chief writer for a new website called Baby Boomer Media and uh, I've taken a look at the site it's got a lot of great stuff on there and if, if Stacy is the chief writer uh, she does a lot of writing because her byline is on almost everything on that uh, on that uh, site. So, at any rate, Stacy, welcome to the Boomer the Babe Show. It's great to be here, Pete. Thank you. Well, I'm certainly glad to have you here, uh, and I, I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Before we get into it uh, in uh, in depth, uh, why don't uh, if you don't mind, give us. Uh, why don't you give us a three-minute movie? If Deborah was here today, she would ask you to give your three-minute movie, which is information about you prior to what you're doing now and what led you to this position that you're uh, that you've taken with Baby Boomer Media. Well, I've had a very diverse career. Um, I'm a mother and a wife and a stepmother and a step-grandmother, and that certainly gives me a lot of background about the material. I worked in law for over 10 years, law office management, and as my family grew and uh, my husband and I did develop some health conditions, I felt a career change was in order. Um, I did a lot of work, volunteer work for the PTO and the church, and one of the women that I worked with noticed that my newsletters were effective. And long ago, when I was in college, I did have a dream of writing, and she suggested to me that it would be smart to to pursue that dream. She gave me a couple of resources to go online. This was 10 years ago, and to get myself started as a writer. And I started doing minor blog work and, and production writing, a, a great deal of ghost writing in the beginning, and it just grew legs and arms all on its own. It's a wonderful opportunity to be able to work at home, 
to be able to spend time with my my children, my stepchildren, my grandchildren, and my husband. He is a disabled veteran. And I enjoy what I do. It's demanding but in a different way from what I used to do. Working in law was a very long day and involves commute, and it's a demand of a different nature, and I find that I have a great deal of control over a career like this. And it's also the realization of a dream. When I was in college, I used to write poetry, and I did poetry readings from the Hamptons into Manhattan. I really loved doing that, but never imagined that it would be something that I could make a living at. And necessity is the mother of invention. When I needed to spend more time at home, this became a blessing to me and something that I truly like to do. I've been able to expand on it to offer help to other people, guidance to other people, inspiration to other people, and in turn they've done the same for me. So it's just a wonderful, vibrant community I never expected to find. And having the opportunity to write and edit Baby Boomer Media is just a passion project for me because I was born on the cusp of two generations and my husband is a baby boomer and I feel there's just so much to say about reinventing yourself, realizing that there are many changes that you go through in life and the the key to success is to adapt to those changes and to always keep in sight what you like to do to enjoy life as well as work hard. I think sometimes we get caught into the concept of hard work. We go to college, we get into a career-oriented job, and and after a while, sometimes life kind of brings you to your happiness. So that's pretty much how I have gotten to the point where I am now, and I'm also pleased that I was able to publish a book of poetry. It's called Mastication on the Beach, and I intend to also publish a book in the future that I'm working on. I'm just putting the plans together for a rather humorous book about the baby boomer generation, but checkered with wisdom as well. But I think that adding a little humor to wisdom always makes it a little more palatable and relatable. Well, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm amazed at what you're doing with the website uh, and all the topics you're covering. But yet I probably shouldn't be because it's... Uh, very similar to what we're doing with uh, our, our Boomer and the Babe show. We're focusing on many of the same categories, uh, family, finance, retirement, parenting, grandparenting, fitness, uh, travel. Uh, you, the, the things that you list are basically the things that we list as topics of our discussions that we have. Uh, and we have the people on the radio, just like yourself today, uh, on the Internet Radio Show, and we discuss these various items. Each of these folks are, generally speaking, a, an expert in their own field, and we bring bring that information and expertise forward, hopefully, to be able to help baby boomers uh, with things that they may uh, be pressed with at the time, or just generally good information for free, for future use. And uh, uh, it, it it is an enjoyable it is an enjoyable task and talking about coming to it late in life we came to this I came to this late in life and uh, it was almost as if uh, yeah we dabbled in this uh, back in our uh, Gulf War one era and then all of a sudden it, it reared its head again and we came back to it and uh, we've been doing this now for 
many years. Uh, but it certainly it certainly is interesting the way this thing cycles and how you've spent a lot of time trying to do other things and make a living doing other types of stuff. And then there's an aspect of maybe even what you did before that you hadn't touched on, and it comes up, rears its head, and you go, that's the one. And it just kind of hits you between the eyes, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does. It hits you right between the eyes. And I think that the people that you meet along the way are just remaining open to those experiences, those conversations. Um, When I met Ryan Cody, he is the brain man behind Baby Boomer Media 10 years ago. I never imagined that it would evolve to a project like this. He's incredibly talented. He has great vision when it comes to projects like this and and how to develop them and how to set up the websites and, and what people want. And I think it's so important to collaborate with people like that that are incredibly talented and have something to offer that is different from what you have to offer, that when you put it together, it's just, wow, like the boomer and the babe, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's just an incredible combination of talents that come together and I think it makes such a big difference in the projects that you you work on. Well, it, it does, and 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 the the way you work on the project obviously is is the the written word as far as uh, these topics. How do you choose the topics that you choose? I am an avid reader and an avid trend watcher. I also do journalism work for several online outlets and. In doing that work, you get to see a lot of what the trends are out there, and you say, wow, how does that pertain to my life? And a lot of what I write about is something that I would think would pertain to my life or would pertain to the lives of people, your friends that you talk to, um, the people that you meet at, at events or gatherings or parties, and you say, wow, they just mentioned that, and then you see that other people are talking about it, and you say, let's find out more about that. Let's let's see what other people are saying about it and what do I think about it. And that's what I like to bring to Baby Boomer Media is the facts about things and then also a bit of my take on it and, and the take of, of people that you talk to from the day to day. And how do these people come to you or do you go to them uh, to get these sources or is your reading the primary uh, the primary source? Well, I do a great deal of reading, and I also do a great deal of writing. I, I write for online outlets such as Examiner and Hulix, and I put my information out there. I put an email address out there, and I am just blessed to have had some absolutely wonderful contacts with people based on what they've read, the work that I've written. They have seen, well, you know, I think that it would be interesting if you wanted to cover a particular topic or a book or attend an event, and that has just broadened my horizons incredibly. I have had the good fortune to um, interview and work with some just incredible people over the years, and seeing them and what they do is, is different from your own life, too. It gives you a broader perspective and you you see sort of how the other half lives or the other quarter or the other side of the island or the people in Manhattan or the people out in the Hamptons or the people on the West Coast or 
down south, and I think that reaching out is very important, that when you reach out, when you when you have conversations both personally, virtually, on the phone, you just learn so much more about what people are thinking, feeling, doing, and they give you great inspiration, and, and it gives you ideas for the topics that you want to cover. Do you cover a topic um, uh, or start to do research and reading on a topic uh, because that's the one that seems to be, for lack of a better word, hot in the news or uh, of of con- a lot of conversation about, a lot of buzz about it? Uh, it does, does that influence when and uh, or what you what you cover? Sometimes it does. Sometimes I will see a topic in the news or trending that I think is just fantastic and and deserves coverage from a different perspective. Um, Recently I wrote about Valerie Harper, Um, and of course everybody's been talking about her, but from my own perspective, because as a woman, I just found, I mean, I think a lot of women from this generation found the Mary Tyler Moore show just incredibly inspiring and how Valerie Harper and her character were very inspiring to women. And I, I wrote it from the perspective is that she's still teaching us how to live and how to love because she is just facing this brain tumor with such dignity, with such finesse. She still has such zest for life that decades later she's still showing us how it's done. So I like to kind of look at what's happening. And sometimes I just get ideas because I'm out there like I – I joined a new gym, and um, my my doctor says you need to do A, B, C. I said, okay, I'm there, I'm doing it. And they had a silver sneakers program. Now, my old gym didn't have this, and I wound up writing a piece about this. I thought it was just incredible because I had been in a car accident, and I was in physical therapy, and I was trying to get back into, you know, physical shape again after a concussion and some other injuries. And the Silver Sneakers program, you can actually sit in a chair and exercise. You can lean on a chair and exercise. And I thought, wow, this is something people need to know about because so many people feel, well, there's just, you know, no hope for me. You know, even people I ran into, like a physical therapy or whatever, you know, I'll never get back to exercising. And it's amazing because after a few months of doing these gentle-type exercises, I'm back to yoga, and I've even taken a couple of Zumba classes, and it was a building block. And I said, it's really important, you know, that was something I sort of discovered just living life, that other people know about this, that this is out there, that there is hope, that you can sit in your chair and do these exercises and build yourself up over time. And and so I, I get my topics from a lot of different resources. I, I try to get out there and see what's going on and and put my feelers out as to what might be important. Um, Even watching a TV show, I I recently watched a a show I like to watch about what's going on in New York. She mentioned a technique called ionothermy. A lot of people would like to, especially us ladies, would like to get rid of um, some of that cellulite that starts to form as we get older. We don't want to go under the knife, and it was an alternative. And I said this is something that... You know, it might you might not see it in the news. In fact, I hadn't heard of it until this, you know, late night television had come show had come on. But I said, well, I really want to research that, find out more about that, and share that with my readers. I think that would be something some of them could really use or or benefit from, learn about, you know, want to hear about. So I get things from a lot of places. 
Well, I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking at the website. I have it I have it up in in front of me as we're as we're speaking as you're talking, and uh, I, I I just am amazed at uh, the look of the website. It just it just changed just recently, didn't it? Yes, it did. Ryan is. I mean, we're talking about the last evolving. within the last two weeks. Yes, he is. Evolution. He no grass grows under his feet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he great. is just a mover and a shaker. He looks at things. He turns them. And of course, you know, I'm so involved with the content. This is his shtick. He looks at this stuff and he says, you know what? Let's do this. Let's tweak that. Let's make it more visually appealing. Let's add this. Let's put these elements into it. That would be um, reach out to our readers and make the site more valuable to them, more accessible to them, more navigable to them. And yes, he just he just keeps evolving and changing, and then he'll send me, "What do you think of this?" or "What do you think of that?" You know, sometimes we're working at eleven o'clock at night, <laughs> you know, looking at the site, saying, "Nah, you know, let's do this and let's get rid of that," you know, and and then he makes his magic happen, and and it looks fantastic. Now this has been in existence. What did you tell me before we came on? Since November, is that correct? Yes, yes, it's really been in full swing um, since then, but but. Um, it's sort of been a passion project, a brainchild, you know, something that you toss around. We we didn't take it lightly. We did a lot of um, brainstorming about the project and, and the direction we wanted it to take and what we wanted to accomplish with it and what our potential articles will be. We want to... Um, expand even further and, and and of course you keep building on that as you know i have some some book reviews and interviews and other things coming up in the future that i think will just be uh really beneficial to readers we've put our feelers out you know he he is in all different types of businesses from printing to promotions to web development search engine optimization so he has feelers out there and and you know, my working in journalism and and writing and news, I put my feelers out there, and then we'll we'll connect again in another week or so about beyond the content and beyond the everyday stuff of well, let's add this and let's do that and let's make it different so that it has more appeal for our readers, so that they have more value from the site, that they get something else from it that could help them. How frequently do you? Uh... Do you put a new article or a new post, uh, however you'd like to term it, up on the up on the site? What is the uh, what is the rapidity of your uh, new uh, new editions? We have been posting at least two times a week, sometimes three or four. We have been blessed with a couple of guest bloggers. Um, Ryan has added some content. He, too, uh, does writing. He's excellent at it. Um, we have, you know, I would say anywhere between two to four times a week at this point we're updating. Plus, we have a deal section. So whenever, you know, I'm definitely one of those frugal coupon clipping type people that's always searching for a good deal or freebie, that's sort of a, a sideline. So he says, hey, let's Put them up there, so we might update that depending on you know what I'm what I'm finding. Then that's another aspect of our site that gets updated throughout the week. I'm looking at that uh, baby boomer uh, 
deals right now, as a matter of fact. And uh, cheap cup of Joe on the go. Uh, that sounds interesting. At Burger King, stop at a Burger King <laughs> through March 10th. Uh, that, that's Absolutely. interesting stuff. Well, of course, a lot of times I take advantage of these deals. You know, I mean, who can get a cup of coffee for a quarter anymore? If I see something for a quarter, I mean, uh, the kids want and the grandkids want, you know, the the quarters for the, the bubble gum. They are even 50 cents. I said, 50 cents for <laughs> for a little thing out of the machine? So when you can get something for a quarter, I'm all for it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, there's a lot of things on here. Now, these, now these folks that uh, have these... Deals, these baby boomer deals, as you call them, uh, are they uh, are are they paying for this space, or is this is just something that you found and you've posted it? This is once again a, a a passion project. We do not get anything out of posting this. They are not affiliates. They do not give us anything. We get no free samples, goodies. We don't make a dime off of that um, that posting. It's really something that we do to provide extra value to our readers. I know that besides living well, being happy, being healthy, finding new opportunities, people need to find deals today. Let's face it, we're all, um, no matter how hard we work, no matter how well we've planned, the economy has certainly taken us to a place where when we can save a few dollars, it's beneficial. So I just we, we put that up there just as a resource for our readers because – we realize how important it is to find a deal, to get something for less if you can. I'm also uh, in- intrigued here uh, by this facts section that you have. Uh, of course, there's the standard demographics. What is a uh, baby boomer all about? Uh, what are the demographics of a baby boomer? What caused the boom? Well, that we know what caused the boom. <laughs> <laughs> We're really getting happy at that time. <laughs> I, well, and we know I, how people are when they're happy. Absolutely. It leads to all kinds of things. Uh, but there's but there's a, a little section here with regard to uh, the, the Do You Remember? Many advances happened during the baby boomer years. As you've studied this and as you've written about this, uh, what do you see, I mean, there's a, a nice paragraph, several paragraphs here about this, but what do you think are some of the more, oh, I guess we could call them earth-shattering, earth-shaking events uh, that baby boomers have been involved in? I think that one of the, the incredible things that they've been involved with is equality. I think that women are our ability to do things that, just weren't even considered perhaps 20, 30, 40 years ago is phenomenal. I think that we have also contributed immensely to the progression of technology. I mean, we can all remember when, you know, we had a rotary telephone or even maybe a party line. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. now, you know, we have this little thing in our pocket that rings and we go, who is that? People are reaching us from, you know, across the country, and we're out at Burger King getting that 25-cent cup of coffee. And I think that um, we've also done wonderful things with regard to communication. 
on every level, whether it's interpersonal communication, people are saying what they feel, they are expressing themselves, and they are also feeling more free to be who they are. I think that communication on a, a large level through technology and on a personal level has improved incredibly. And, and of course, now we are the bastions of making sure that this is responsible communication. You know, our, our young people don't necessarily see it as the evolution that we do. So now, of course, I think that's become our next responsibility is to advise them how to use all of their opportunities, all of this communication, and all of this freedom wisely. Um, we, of course, I think because we were a part of making it happen, um, used it with with caution and with care, and we knew that it was a great deal of, of effort that went into making things evolve. Now we have a generation that's sort of born into it, and we're responsible to let them know, well, you have to make solid choices. You have to use all of these forms of communication wisely, not for bullying or for any inappropriate conduct, but for something that will better yourself, better the world. And I think that that's a lot of what we did during during these years is, is help to make this a place where everyone can enjoy it more. I I I, I agree with what you're saying, and and I and I also. Uh... I, I I think back and I, I listen to what you had to say, and it occurs to me that the baby boomer generation, uh, this is my opinion, has uh, in some cases uh, not given due or credence enough to history. Um, for, as an example, I do believe it's probably the baby boomer generation that is responsible for rewriting history books along the lines of all of a sudden there was no holocaust all, all of a sudden these things in history that have been have meant so much to this country are all of a sudden not even in the books anymore there's no reference to them in some cases and i'm going well what's what's going on here what what aren't we responsible for continuing that history and that legacy and and seeing that our kids and our grandkids know what happened, and it's not just all about the iPad and the, and the iPhone. Uh, there seems to me that uh, there's, we have to take some res- a little more responsibility ourselves. Absolutely. My husband, that is definitely his mission. Um, you know, as a Vietnam veteran, of course, he was very, he's a, a historical buff, He he, and he conveys, and, and it's funny that you mention this because, People will say to my children, teachers, and people who meet them, you have such insight because he discusses with them history. Okay, well, this is where we are now, but did you know that um, also their grandparents are are very um, in tune with history? And I think that it makes our children much more well-rounded. In fact, my son even went in and he (laughs) disputed his history book with his social studies teacher based on some of the things he had discussed with his father and grandparents, and his social studies teacher said to him, do you know you're absolutely right? That's historically incorrect. <laughs> so you're right about that with regard to texts, with regard to the rewriting of history. I think we're sanitizing certain things or tucking them away, 
And that's not effective. I think the whole full-fledged approach of where we came from as well as where we're going is what's going to make a more conscientious society now that so many changes have occurred. Well, you know, I and I think, and, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch of the imagination, believe me, but I think that a lot of this rewriting of history is, uh, in some cases, um, somehow for political gain. Uh, if, if if we don't remind if we don't remind people of what slavery was all about, and if they don't understand what slavery was all about, and what it was like not to be able to have uh, the vote, all of a sudden we're going to go back to not being able to have open access to the polls, and 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 it just. It's sliding back for somebody's political gain, and I don't. And the the way they're dealing with uh, women's issues and so on, uh, it just absolutely uh, rankles me. Um, I mean, I've got uh, I've got a, a, a wife, a ninety-year-old mother, a daughter, and two granddaughters, and and I certainly, for the life of me, can't understand what these people are thinking. And it just does not make any sense, and it has nothing to do with uh, uh, conservative or liberal. It's just we come on let's let's come into the 21st century here folks i absolutely agree i agree um i was an active um supporter and participant of voto latino um where people still were not getting the right to vote who were supposed to have the right to vote and they were being very vocal about that and that's really important and to remind all the people, how the vote was important, how women once upon a time, not really all that long ago when you consider the vastness of history internationally, were not able to vote here, uh, and that we're still making less to the dollar than men in most instances. That's still a fact, that equality exists on all different levels. Like it's nice to be able to say um, that, you know, certain freedoms exist, for women, but really the bottom line is that they need to be able to support themselves and, heaven forbid, they're widowed or single or however they're mothering today. They need to be able to support their families. And to do that, they need to have earning power. So I still think that so many of them, and, and like you're saying about the right to vote, slavery, or or being paid inappropriate wages for the job being done, this still does exist. And it's a political arena, you're absolutely right. And if we don't keep the concepts of history and what happened and how, why there was the the fight that there was, why there was the protest that there was, and that that could happen again if people get lackadaisical. If people get too fat and comfortable and... and um, we could lose the very freedoms that we're fighting, we fought so hard for, that our forefathers fought for, that people lost their lives for. And if we don't keep, and if we don't keep that in the in the forefront, if we don't let our have our kids and our grandkids understand that this was what they have now, it doesn't mean necessarily that we're so wonderful or we're so great to be able to get them these rights or privileges, whatever you want to call them. I, I don't really care what you call them. <clears throat> but the fact is, uh, it's not that we're so wonderful. It's just the fact that they've got to understand that you have you have to work for this. You cannot just, because the minute, the minute you don't work for it, someone's going to try to take it away because they're not going to like the idea that 
that you have what you have. And, um, and this is where I have some, uh, some, oh, I get a little sideways in my mind. I don't, I don't profess this all that often, but I get a little sideways in my mind anyhow with regard to the baby boomer generation because the baby boomer generation is part of the, is, is part of the problem as well as part of the solution. The baby boomer generation, portions of the baby boomer generations are the ones that are perpetrating this hoax. The sense of entitlement. Yes. And yes, I I agree. Um, there is no substitute. I mean, I, you go pre-baby boomer, and they were absolutely akin to hard work. Hard work mm-hmm. was their mantra. Let's face it. And and I definitely think we need to eliminate the sense of entitlement that some people brought to the table. That still, unfortunately, is being perpetuated. Um, and unfortunately, I see it in the younger generation. And I do not um, promote that with my children, my grandchildren. I and, and sometimes, you know, I remember my daughter saying, well, so-and-so has someone to clean her room for her, you know. And I said, well, I hope that so-and-so can afford to substantiate that <laughs> into her adulthood and her own life because she won't know how to take care of herself. She won't know how to pick up after herself. And that's just the simplistic level of it but people need to work for what they want it is not going to get handed to you because there's changes that occur in society that's i think that's such a terrible misconception that can i agree that continues to be perpetuated and unfortunately yes it was introduced by some of the boomer generation that sense of oh well you know getting yours and i think that also to get yours you have to give to others I think that part of what you need to do in your work is to put something of value out there. And 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 that doesn't mean of course that you have to be a, a writer or a famous person. You know, all professions do something of value. You know, if you're cleaning windows, you know, that people can see out of them that you've done your job and didn't say, "Oh, well that that area is too high. I'm I'm not going to not going to go there because it's an effort." You know, anything that you do, you're supposed to put 100% in and do it right because it's a job and it's important. And it's also that sense of value that you have in yourself and in what you do. Self-respect is something that we can't lose, that unfortunately when you have a sense of entitlement, there also goes self-respect and respect for other people. Well, I, I I think also when I when I was referring to uh, it's part of the, the baby boomer generation is in part responsible that some of the baby boomer generation are responsible for what's being what's happening. It's I think some of the baby boomer generation are are, are amongst those that are saying uh, making trying to make decisions and trying to put a curb on a woman's right to choose, trying to trying to. Uh, Perpetuate the uh, uh, the tougher to get to the polls routine and and the, the gerrymandering of districts so they don't have to worry about it that they're always going to be in power and uh, for and anything involved that involves the the possible betterment of uh, the poor they they just don't want to they don't want to mess with it they just want to you know 
keep keep them where they are. I, I think that's a I think there's a bunch of baby boomers that are involved in a lot of that as well as the other side of that coin. And I really I really get frustrated when you stop and think that we were the ones uh, back in the day that it was uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, uh, draft draft beer, not students, uh, and all the rest of this stuff. And now these same people. Apparently, in many cases, these same people are the ones that are saying, the heck with it, let's go to war, let's do this, let's do that, and they were marching against it before. It is a turn on a coin, and it also, I think, like you said, is a political power play that they want to remain in their own little cushy seat and that they have forgotten that there are other people and that we are... You know, the whole, we're a United States. Uh, years ago I had organized when I was in college an event called a Unity. And I think that what happens is some of these people have actually lost touch with their fellow man. Um, the purpose of the Unity was for a whole bunch of people from different backgrounds, and it's still going on in my county today, as a matter of fact, which makes me feel really proud. Um, and the point is to bring people together of different backgrounds and to look at I think we look so much at our differences and make them divide us and say, oh, well, I have this, and, well, who cares about them, um, and I want to keep it this way for me, that we're not we're not uniting and saying, well, you know, do you remember when I struggled with this or my, my parents struggled with that or when we might have been in a similar situation and reaching out with compassion. It, it's 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 almost like a self-protective attitude and a self-serving attitude, and it's holding down progress. It's, well, it's holding down progress. Well, I, you're absolutely right, and and I and I think, uh, matter of fact, just before we came on the air today, uh, Deborah was relating to me that there was a uh, a bit on the news with regard to the city of Detroit. I'm from Detroit, so anything that's happening that's happening there uh, just just blows me away. But uh, especially the way things are there nowadays. <clears throat> but the, she was saying that uh, the reason that Detroit is now going to this manager situation that the the wonderful governor of Michigan has has put together uh is because um they they're just totally out of control and uh they they don't have any tax base and the reason they don't have any tax base is that the uh the homeowners uh, property taxes are, are not being collected and the reason they're not being collected is because these people uh, had their homes foreclosed on them uh, during the situation where nobody would had work and, and, and they walked away from their homes. The banks now that have repossessed the homes have also walked away from the homes because they foreclosed on them and they're not paying the taxes on them either. And these are the banks. And uh, therefore, the city of Detroit has this tremendous deficit Tremendous deficit. And they're trying to determine now whether or not, even though the house was foreclosed on, is the former owner still responsible for the taxes? And and they're now trying to find out whether or not they can get hold of these people because God knows where they are. And also they don't have enough people to go door to door to door to find out where these people are living. And Obviously, those people can't afford their homes. How you could encumber them with the idea of paying taxes on them at that point, the banks definitely don't. I mean, I remember when you got interest on an account that was, you know, 3 or 
Now you're lucky if you have a savings account, you're getting a quarter percent interest. Mm-hmm. Um, the banks are not taking the responsibility. You know, at that point, it's a foreclosure. It's a procedure. They have now assumed responsibility, whether it's through a foreclosure, a bankruptcy. Obviously, these people can't afford it, and they don't have a job, and the jobs are gone. And they they need help. They don't need to be, I mean, if we put those bills on those people, how are they going to eat? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, it's true. It is a it's a never ending it's a never ending cycle. It just keeps going around and around and around. And uh, at at some point, it, it seems to me that it's got to stop. Somebody's going to take have to take. Someone's going to have to take the hit. And the only ones that can that I think can even come close to taking the hit are the banks. Now, I don't know what the tax amounts are. I'm sure it's in the hundreds of thousands of maybe millions, I'm sure millions of dollars, billions of dollars. But the fact is this, the banks have it. Yes. They have it. Oh, yes. And I'll tell you, um, they are, as I heard, cutting back on the reverse annuity mortgages for the seniors. Hmm. The concept, uh, which some seniors, that is the way, I mean, they have paid their home these, all of these years. They have been um, dutiful workers and citizens and homeowners. They've volunteered for their communities. They've raised their children there. They have done good things. They've been good people. And you, they're your everyday Joe and Jane. And they depended on having that for an income so that they can, you know, not go whooping it up in Vegas, though that is their prerogative, but a lot of them need it for their medication, for their food, for their utility bills, and to live. Um, loan modifications was another thing. I, I think that was a joke. I think that, you know, all of these were funds were set aside for loan modifications. Very few people actually got them. The people who did, they were given these phenomenally ridiculous figures that were, in many instances, higher than their original mortgage when the point was to lower it. So it, it was... And there were no regulations on that either. There was no accountability. So absent accountability, I I think that the banks are just not taking the responsibility that they need to take. And also they have extended certain loans to people. They have at at one point were encouraging people to take loans, mailing things to people to get a loan, um, encouraging them to take out home equity lines of credit, just sign this on your mortgage bill. Um, and yet they don't want accountability for any of that, and our economy did change. I mean, there were two years there that Social Security wasn't, uh, there was no increase on Social Security, and yet we saw the prices of food continue to go up. So how much can people personally cut back on? You know, right. I I realized the idea of, okay, well, tighten your belts. And I think a lot of us know about tightening our belts. We've done it in the past. I mean, there were certainly times in the 70s and other times before that where things were tough. But when you have no increase in your income and your utilities and your food, I mean, at at one point I think milk practically doubled in price. And it's sort of a household necessity. So (laughs) where is it going to come out of? You know, you had seniors that, well, I won't get my medication because I have to eat this month. That that shouldn't be happening in, in in a country that has what we have. That that just shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case where um, seniors can't support themselves. People, veterans, 
can't keep their homes, um, where students can't get an education, where where cutbacks have been made on that front, where they, you know, that is our future, and and the older people and the veterans are the people who served us, and even your everyday Joe and Jane, they've done their time too, and and it's tough to lose a job. You know, and it's tough when there's no jobs and you have to relocate. And how do you relocate if you have a house that you can't afford? It's a vicious cycle, you know. But the politicians make sure they get theirs, don't they? And everybody's getting a bonus. I, I had read an article during this whole thing, and, and people I know, we have been personally affected by all of these economic changes and, and drastically. My, my husband, myself, people we know... Uh, neighbors, I mean, we have seen it happening, and we read an article, you know, where where the bank is, you know, giving out these huge bonuses to their allegedly key employees. These are the key employees that allowed all of this stuff to happen. Rather than losing their job like, you know, average Joe would have lost his job for doing that, they were getting, you know, $100,000 bonuses, and they were all going to Hawaii and having champagne and I said, this is just not equitable. <laughs> this is well, not equitable. Equitable and accountability are two key words, and uh, this is what we're seeing, uh, whether it be monetarily or politically or whatever the case might be, is the old adage that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And uh, and any anybody that is and – and I'm not even looking at re- – Republican versus Democrat here. That, that's a whole other story. Absolutely. Uh, but the, who are these people? Who do they think they are to make some of these decisions that affect your life, my life, my children's grandchildren's, your children's and grandchildren's lives, your parents' lives, uh, with no accountability to themselves whatsoever because they're living high on the hog and they could give a rip less. Uh, who are these people to say that the women, the women's rights issues have to be set back to the 70s and 80s? Uh, this, this, it, it amazes me. It absolutely amazes me the lack of um, thought. Uh, they don't want to pay for children on welfare. They don't want to pay for uh food stamps they don't want to pay for any kind of public assistance whatsoever but yet they don't want to have people go to a free health clinic so they can get their birth control and not have more babies w- which one of them is going to step up and adopt these children and 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 pay for with all these cutbacks someone to raise the child exactly um exactly. and 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 then they're the first to criticize that well this isn't good enough or or you need to do more, or um, many people are doing the best that they can. And mm-hmm. I think there's a great deal of separation between the, the powers that be, if you will, and they've chosen a, a to be detached, detached from the reality of what's really going on right now. And the, the bottom line is that good people need help. These are hardworking people. These are not... You know, I know people get thrown into a bin of, oh, they just don't want to. You know, um, many people who feel entitled actually have, you know, if you will. A lot of people who are hardworking don't have. Mm-hmm. And like the working, I mean, minimum wage in New York, um, 
I don't think you could – I mean, I don't know what's being taken into account to develop that minimum wage because if you look at rents anywhere, you couldn't live. Your entire paycheck would be spent on the roof over your head. How would you get to work? How would you have transportation? How would you eat? How would you have electricity? How would you have heat? Never mind cable TV or anything like that. How would you just provide medical care for yourself? Or if you got a prescription, pay for it. Um, people working two jobs that can't afford and that need to, that depend on programs such as reduced or free lunch for their children, and they're working two jobs but they're working at minimum wage. What makes them lesser? They're working very hard, and they're they're doing a job that our society needs them to do or it wouldn't exist. And I think that they deserve to be able to have a home and eat and not be stressed out over the fact, and if they need some type of assistance, obviously they need some type of assistance. We need to reach out and make it happen. And, of course, that leads you to where some of the other spending is going that um, may not necessarily be required and that is padding the pockets of people who are funding it, you know, certain spending on, on you know, and I believe in military and all of that, but certain certain things are very profitable to the powers that be for them to continue them, to perpetuate them. Well, that's that's exactly right. I mean, they are, everybody votes their pocketbook, uh, and and then the politicians vote their the vote to keep themselves in office, and that's pretty much that's pretty much all I have to say about that. As uh, as Forrest Gump would say, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, but it's it's a uh, it, it's a never-ending circle. It's certainly. Uh, uh, certainly not pleasant at times, and when you hear about it on the news, and, you're, and you, all you can do sometimes is just shake your head. I don't know what you could do. Uh, uh, we, the baby boomer generation, who have led so many things down the uh, uh, through time uh, that are good uh, and, and positive change and, and awakening and so on and so forth, I don't know why we're not willing to take the take the the bull by the horns on this one. Maybe it's just too big. Maybe, maybe it's too big, or possibly maybe we've lost the stomach for it. What do you think? I think that it's become very big. I think that um, as much as things such as, um, say, technology have been an advantage, they have also become, in a sense, a disadvantage, that it has become a very large mountain. I think that what we need to do is, like we had discussed earlier, is to recruit our younger generations as well, to give them the history, to wake them up to what is happening, to how it can have an impact on their future and their children, and to encourage them to be a part of it. Because I think unless this becomes an across-the-board effort at this point, I think it can no longer belong to one group. I think that we have that responsibility to communicate to them where it's been and where it needs to go and encourage them to be an active participant rather than putting those blinders on, that that's just a real temporary solution that's a primrose path to a nowhere or a very bad place. That well, I, I think we have, and I think we have to teach them something else too. There's something else that that is all part of this process. When you start talking about people's rights 
Second Amendment rights and this right and that right. Sure, you have the rights to that, but I also have the right to expect uh, that it's not going to threaten me uh, as an individual. So when does your right supersede my right? And, and those are discussions that that I don't think are being had anywhere that I've ever heard. Uh, maybe occasionally somebody will make a comment. But the fact is, in my opinion, uh, I guess you can't say that, can I? The fact is my opinion. But it is my opinion that uh, we do all have all of these various rights guaranteed us and so on and so forth. But at some at some point, uh, there has to be common sense. Uh, and, and if if the fact that you're trying to perpetuate something so that you can just make more money and have more power, I think somebody ought to look at that. And and if and, and if you're not going to be a little more, um, I, I guess introspective. Is a is might be a good word to use there. Then uh, somebody needs to uh, introspect for you, and and say, hey, cool it already. That's you've gone too far. Absolutely, it's not all about profit. It's about uh, first of all, I think common sense is very uncommon right now. It is. I, I, I think that people are so caught up in the verbiage that they're they're not looking at the practicality. You know, they're they're pinpointing the word for word or the this. There's just a practical application. It's that simple, and that involves common sense. And people aren't doing that, and they're not thinking. It's almost like in that way we have been debilitated by technology because you really have to think for yourself, and you have to reach out and try to do something of value, not just of profit. I think that's another thing that's been lost. It's all about the buck taking care of, of number one, if you will, and, and making the money and, and, you know, the bling bling. And, and it's not as much about, well, what can I do that's a value? Um, you know, hard work doesn't have to be a huge money-making thing. Your hard work might be valuable in a different level, and that should be valued across the board. Everyone's contributions should be valued across the board. I think that that's a major problem. Certain contributions seem to have no value. And we need those contributions, and we need to put a value on everybody as opposed to the select few that seem to be running the show, and I don't think very well at this point either. Absolutely, I would agree. Well, in the last few minutes that we have here, uh, Stacy, why don't we talk about this uh, your book of poetry, Mastication on the Beach. Um, I re- I related the the story to you uh, earlier uh, before we came on air about the fact that back in the day, uh, the southern uh, southern uh, uh, congressperson, I have been told, uh, when it was always on the stump and you didn't get all of this technology and so on, that they would give speeches and they had to speak uh, speak in front of groups and so on. Uh, he said that my opponent masticates with his mother. <laughs> and, and, and don't we all? <laughs> and don't we all? 
but but at any rate, uh, I was I was struck by the the title of your book, Mastication on the Beach, because that's what it reminded me of. And I said, well, that's an interesting title. So how did you come to that title? Well, we we bought our first house in an area on Long Island that's in the Mastics, Shirley and Mariches, and we've been here for a while. It's it's um on the east end of Long Island, on the south shore, heading toward the Hampton, and it's where we, we spent a great deal of our time, especially as our children were growing up, boating and fishing and camping and going to the beaches over there, Mastic Beach. And um, mastication is just my idea of taking a bite out of life and taking a bite out of the beach and taking a bite out of that beautiful world around us. We all get so, I think that we all do a lot of indoor work these days, especially with technology and there's nothing that beats getting out there and feeling the sand under your bare feet and the sun on your head and breathing in the fresh air and saying, ah, and just taking a whole bite out of that world around you. And and the the poetry kind of and, and the photographs kind of capture the essence of that. And um, they also make some other commentary from a, a feminine point of view and, and um, it's really a, a bite out of life, if you will. Very so good. I, and I couldn't resist the play on words. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and the shock <laughs> factor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, it worked. Uh, as we're wrapping it up here, why don't you uh, go ahead and, and do what I call your, and other people have called it this too, but I can't take credit for it, but I like it, uh, your shameless self-promotion. Uh, tell us all about how people can see the find the website, anything else that you've got going on. And uh, so here's your opportunity to uh have your commercial. Okay, I will shamelessly self-promote babyboomermedia.com. Um, you can sign up. There's a wonderful free ebook available when you sign up. We will not spam you or scam you or harass you in any way. Um, you just get updates, the articles as they're updated to the site, and you get a wonderful ebook. There are some great deals at Baby Boomer Media. I will be writing a book. Um, and that will be coming out the next few months with a touch of humor and a touch of wisdom for the baby boomer generation. I am also the author of Mastication on the Beach. That's available at Amazon.com. And I work on several other projects online um, related to New York New York City, uh, food, um, Examiner, Hulix, several other outlets. I you can find me under Stacy Doyle or Stacy Pamela Doyle, and I encourage you to visit Baby Boomer Media because it's just filled with information on everything: technology, sexual health, healthy living, fitness, travel and fun, family, finance, retirement, anti-aging, all of the things you want to know about. And I welcome you to please leave your comments when you visit. We love comments, and we love to chat with you. Well, that's all good information, and I and I commend you for uh, everything that you and Ryan have done in such a very short period of time. I know Deborah and I have been doing this for oh three, four, almost um, four years. What's going on? Oh my gosh! Yeah, a long time. It seems, right. and uh, and and it it's taken us uh, all that time to amass uh, five hundred shows plus. Uh, special things that we've done along the way, and um, 
uh, it's it's not easy and for you to have as many uh, entries on your website as you do in the short period of time is uh, nothing short of amazing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, because I sit here on the radio and I talk to people and I let folks like you do the work and I just ask the goofy questions. And uh, you're writing it. So that's uh, it's uh, you're to be commended for all your hard work. And uh, also I want to thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me, and both of you are amazing, too. Thank you very much. It's been a, a pleasure. Take care. We'll talk again soon. Take care. Okay. Bye now, Stacy. Bye-bye, Pete. Okay, that has been Ms. Stacy Doyle of Baby Boomer Media. Great conversation today, and we hope that you will all go to the website and see everything that it has to offer. It's uh, growing by leaps and bounds almost daily. So uh, a lot of great information there if you're a baby boomer, and even if you're not, uh, it's worth your while because uh, it helps to pass along some of the history possibly and some of the knowledge from those that are baby boomers that might be of interest to you people younger than we uh, so I would hope that you would all go and see Baby Boomer Media and all the good work that Stacy's doing there. With that we'll say goodbye for today and we'll be back again probably later this afternoon if not live with some pre-recorded issues uh, interviews rather uh, from the R.R. Donnelly Tournament uh, LPGA tournament here in Phoenix will be out there off and on during the course of the event. So keep uh, keep posted on on special uh, special features that we'll be doing and interviews that we'll be posting on BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/BoomerAndBabe. Be sure to visit us at our website, which is BoomerTheBabe.com. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Take care, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Bye now. where we bring interesting conversation to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter where we tweet as Boomer and Babe and on Facebook as Pete Peters 47. As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at boomerandthebabe.com. Email us at host at boomerandthebabe.com with any of your comments. Remember, at 50, you're just getting started. 